dental.net. From the Jeffro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two for one Happy CBD cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Hour number two, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon, Ken Miller for another hour still to come. Scott Docterman from The Athletic, he will opine on the Hawkeyes as well as the Big Ten, get the latest, if there is any percolating news out there regarding the Big Ten media rights, if uh, there is, Doc will know it. Uh, he will join us coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes or thereabouts, Trent's play of the day, Circus Sports sponsors that. Right now, our friend Nick Olson, Cyclone Alert part of 24-7 sports. He's got a, a press avail coming up here, so we won't keep him uh, any longer. Then We certainly don't want to prevent him from getting there on time. Nick, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Who, do you, uh, who does the Iowa State media have uh, the opportunity to speak with today? Guys, so we're speaking with uh, coaches Nate Shieldhouse oh, good. and Eli football. Rashid. Off, yep, yep, football, offense, and defense. And then there should be a few players available as well. Uh, we're not sure who they are yet. Though. Gotcha. Well, good stuff, and we'll certainly see uh, whatever comes out of it uh, posted at CycloneAlert.com. So, so far, Nick, I know that there hasn't been, uh, you know, you guys aren't welcome at practice, those type of things. What Have you been able to glean anything? There's been some videos that have put out. Obviously, they're not going to throw out the, the overthrown pass by 15 yards or drops or anything. But um, what, what have you seen, if anything, what are you hearing uh, about how practice has gone thus far? Yeah, so, you know, we've been able to uh, have a couple updates on the site over the weekend. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of continue to be one of the conductors on the hype train for a couple players. You know, I've heard great things about Deckers, as expected. Um, And then some of the younger guys, you know, I I think there's a legitimate shot that Cartavius Norton is one of the workhorses in the backfield this year. I really do. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, he's kind of popping up on some of these pictures, too, because he has performed very well thus far. I've kind of said that as well. Yep. I think the secondary is really impressive. There's going to be a major battle at corner. You know, really all four guys vying for spots have played well. that should be purchased. Tampa, Porter, and Tavon Kyle. And then, you know, there was one day where actually Lyman Daryl Simmons might have been the best player at practice one of the first couple of days. Certainly one of the best on the offensive side. He was really kind of rocking the line of scrimmage well, and I believe that was a day where the pads were out. So those are some players that, you know, I've kind of gleaned some really good things about thus far. I think that wide receiver room is just going to be, you know, kind of as full of talent and potential production as one would really expect. And it's been, you know, as expected, a lot of of good things early, but some pads days as well. So there is some one-on-ones going on too. Well, I've really enjoyed your uh, work putting together too deep because, well, we know Iowa State football doesn't like putting those out. Uh, One of the ones that jumped out to me, though, is over at Boundary Safety, Malik Verdon, young man who played two games last year, still stayed with his red shirt, but you do have him listed as a starter at that spot. What can you tell us about Verdon and what you've heard about him leading in here to the football season? Yeah, I appreciate that, Trent. So, you know, he was one of the players – 
I was early, right, in the spring. I was just kind of getting here. So I wrote a lot of guys' names down, probably 10 to 12. But he, he was a guy that stood out to me, you know, consistently good around the spring. And then Coach Matt Campbell mentioned him. I believe he called him one of the MVPs of spring ball in Dallas. So that further kind of got my ears open there. He was brought up again in, in local media days last week, both by Campbell as well as Anthony Johnson. So that was just a lot of, you know, kind of good things, not only that I saw, but what I've heard from, you know, people in public, right, and on the record. And, you know, of course, I've, I've asked around a little bit. And, you know, the two deep for me wasn't necessarily set in stone, but that was one of the positions I do feel pretty good, pretty confident about. And as you guys just kind of mentioned, you know, I, I covered the Badgers before this, and I didn't really know, you know, kind of the, the lack of some of the two deeps and, things you can see or not see here. So I'm certainly doing what I can behind the scenes. I'm not sure if we get to see much of uh, fall camp ourselves, but I think Malik Verdone is someone that you can expect to play a lot this season as long as he's healthy and continues to perform. His ceiling, probably the best or second best in the entire secondary. I will say that. Nick, I, I want to stop our conversation and because uh, I don't want to run out of time and not leave you enough time to talk about what you guys got going on at Cyclone Alert. You're good to us. We want to certainly make it reciprocal. I, I know you've got a piece coming out on Cole if it's not already been published, but I know there's a big um, uh, 50% off, I believe, uh, that's coming to an end. So why don't you take a minute out and do that, and then we'll get back to the conversation. I really appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, so just before I came out to Ames today, I put out, you know, what was maybe my favorite interview with J.J. Cole so far. We really kind of dove deep. You know, obviously we know he's going to be at Iowa State. We've talked plenty of football, and, and I'm very grateful for him because he opened up a little bit just about, you know, what it was like with other schools reaching out to him after he committed to being a Cyclone. And there's an interesting anecdote in there about that. And, you know, just kind of what this process has been like. And so we've got a 50% annual promo going on. It goes until the end of the night. And I, I'm just very grateful to Cyclones fans. You know, we hit an all-time high in subscribers last week, and I didn't necessarily expect a ton of movement this weekend just because of that. But, you know, this fan base continues to really kind of impress me and, and support. I, I know I put the work in, but it means a lot. So that's continuing to build, and I think that, we hit a certain number here in football season, early basketball. I might be able to get an intern, and we can continue to That's kind awesome. of expand on this content. So, yeah, it's a really cool thing. You know, I'm very grateful, and that goes until I think 10:30 or 11 tonight. So it's just about fifty dollars for you know 12 months of full coverage. You know, we probably take two or three days off out of the 365. <laughs> so it's it's just about every day. Well, look, they appreciate hard work, and you've certainly hustled your you-know-what off since you got here. I want to go back to Cartavius Norton. You've been telling us about this kid since mm -hmm. the spring. Uh, Jirel Brock is going to, I think, deserves to you know to, to get the first, you know, get to, introduced as the starting running back, if nothing else, in, in, in week one, right? Uh, whether he maintains that position or not, it's obviously going to come down to competition. What does Norton bring to the field that maybe uh, a Sanders, or I think you've called, uh, I think he's the ship. 51, right, between him and Silas. We know what Jirel Brock has. What is it about Cartavius Norton that's got Shieldhouse's and Campbell's eye? He just, for his size and his age, he, he hits the hole like, you know, essentially like a Derrick Henry, like a true top-flight NFL talent. Of course, I'm not 
making that comparison. But just the way he's not afraid to run through contact, he doesn't hesitate because there are only one in, you know, 40 or 50 guys that can really hesitate and still kind of get positive yardage. And look, I mean, this staff has had a lot of success with running backs, so I don't think he was necessarily a, you know, unexpected diamond, but I'm not sure that they expected this type of impact and, you know, kind of explosiveness this early. So that's what he's shown. And you're right, kind of how you let in with that, Ken, because actually the first night I kind of put out, you know, some some nuggets and some players that performed well in the first couple of days. Brock was on that list, too. So this is by no means, oh, uh, you know, Jirel struggling, and luckily we've got this freshman. They both look really good. Sanders has had one of the six or seven best plays of camp so far, maybe of the entire year because he performed well in the spring, too. So, you know, Campbell wasn't just kind of joking around and boosting his team when he talked about the depth of this running back room. I think that it's going to be pretty impressive, and I'll continue to preach that expectations are high on this offense because I've seen what Deckers can do with his arm. We did a full breakdown on that last week. And the the offense, I think, is really kind of coming along and, and humming itself. I think the line will generally be the biggest question mark, but from what I've seen and what I've gathered, it's going to be a positive spot there compared to the last two or three years, too. Talking Cyclones right now, Nick Osen from CycloneAlert.com. You mentioned J.J. Cole, 19 commitments in this class. How many more do you anticipate they're going to get up to that magical 25 number? How many more guys are they going to be looking at? Obviously, a quiet time here leading into the football season. What's the fall going to look like in trying to get those final prospects, and what kind of numbers are we looking for? Yeah, so I, you know, I mentioned he's still and the staff is still really kind of speaking with and, you know, recruiting hard with Blake Purchase and Kenyon Sadiq. Those are names I've mentioned on here. Mm-hmm. You know, both are in really tough kind of national recruitment. I'll be a little surprised if Iowa State doesn't land at least one of those guys. So that, that puts you at 20. And this fall, you know, I kind of figure the staff to really be going and looking hard at you know, three or four guys. I think 23, 24 is kind of my magic number for this class, just like I've said for basketball, you know, three or four guys in this class because there aren't a lot of glaring holes. And, you know, I've kind of looked at I just did over the weekend top to bottom, you know, receiver, O-line, obviously quarterback, safety. I think really the only spots left that, that are needs are edge, Blake Purchase is there, tight end, Kenyon Sadiq, even at that position, there's a lot of young talent that's already committed to Iowa State in 2022 at tight end. So I think you can comfortably look for, you know, edge as one of those positions. And I'm looking at three to four. It could probably be some more depth at corner. You know, they really only have Abu Sama, I believe, in this class right now. And, you know, those are some positions that I'm looking like as we get closer to high school football season, September, October for the staff to really kind of hone into at that point. Uh, Nick, we'll get you out of here on this and let you go do your thing. Any uh, buzz around Bo Frailer so far? Anything uh, you're hearing about him? Yes, there's there's plenty of buzz. I, I actually put in that too deep. You know, I think that he could be a legitimate star. I mean, he showed not only flashes, but kind of consistent production late in the year, last season. I know that he's a guy I enjoyed speaking with him. You know, he... He didn't necessarily open up a ton, but what he said was, was very notable. You know, they are not afraid to kind of put that extra film time, extra time in the weight room. He's someone, or if you look at him this season, that's pretty obvious. Yep. 
And, you know, Anthony Johnson had a big smile on his face speaking about him, too. So, you know, I kind of figure he'll be one of the top five to seven guys on this team, uh, one of the top probably three players on the defense, three or four. But absolutely, he's, uh, you know, Freeler's a guy that should be a star this season and potentially an all-Big 12 guy by the time he leaves things. I'll be surprised if he isn't. Uh, he certainly showed flashes of that last year as a true freshman. Nick Olson, great stuff. Nick, this sale ends tonight to 50% off sale. You've got till midnight? Uh, 11 o'clock 11 around o'clock. here. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Uh, article out for you VIPs at, on JJ Cole. Again, CycloneAlert.com. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. Nick, great stuff. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Yep, you do the same. Nick Olson, as we take a look at uh, Iowa State. I signed up for it. I was wondering how you saw the 2D because yes. I clicked on it. And I, what the hell? How does yes. Condon get that? Signed up. Oh, it was boy. a deal I couldn't pass up. Right? It's good at both our guy, David Eicholt. Eicholt over at 24-7 yeah. Hawkeye Insider and Cyclone Alert. So you get both of them? So you get both That's of them. That's not the deal at Rivals, is it? If you is sign not. up at one of them... Well, you get the articles. You don't get the oh, message Oh, gotcha. Board. Yeah, that's yeah. all you want. Exactly. Well, the articles are good enough for us. Right. Oh, good. So um, you'll have to show me that. Yeah, too, yeah. <laughs> well, I use your ESPN uh, Plus for reading things on ESPN.com, right, so right. turnabout's fair play. Yeah, good for Nick. Uh, he's, he's busting his yes, hump over is. there, and... Um, and I think he's obviously his work is being noticed by Cyclone Nation. We got some breaking news. We got our first real poll out for what? college football. We do? The coach's poll is out. Dun, dun, dun. All right, lay it on me. Your preseason number one team is? It's Alabama. And they received 54 first place votes. The second choice <laughs> it's is? It's uh, Georgia. New. It's not Georgia. It's Buckeyes. Ohio State. Okay. You got the third team then. Okay. It is Georgia. Five first place votes for the Buckeyes. Six for Georgia. This is where it gets a little more interesting. Okay, um, okay. so it's, it's not another Big Ten school. It's not an SEC Mm-mm. school. Uh, it's your favorite conference. It's the ACC, <laughs> the Tigers. Number four, Clemson. All right. Number five is Sean Roberts, Notre Dame oh, Fighting Irish. That a, is that Sean Roberts? He's ri- yeah, he's hanging Just out. Yeah, Hanging out with me here today. Michigan at number six. Texas A&M 7, Utah 8. Yep. You love those Utes. I do. Oklahoma, your first Big 12 team at number 9. They had an incident overnight last night. Did you see that? They did with Coach Gundy, who's yeah, yeah. been there since 99. He was on Stoops' first staff 23 years ago. Huh. There's, There's got to be, you would think, maybe more to this story that we'll find. Well, out. he said a word he can't say. Well, yeah, but I get that. <laughs> right. I think it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Three straight Big 12 teams. Oklahoma 9. Baylor 10, Oklahoma State 11. The parity in this conference, and I don't think it's those three teams exclusively will battle it out. Oregon 12, NC State number 13. How about that? How long has it been since the Wolfpack ranked that high? Maybe a little competition for Clemson. Where is that game? I don't remember. I think it might be back at Clemson this year. I think it is. Number 14, Michigan State, USC 15. See, I think they're really, I think they're over uh, over ranked. I really do. How about this? Number 18 is Texas. Okay, whatever. Yeah, They received a first-place vote. Of course they did. Chip <laughs> Brown? <laughs> Might have been. Oh, this is the coaches' ball. Oh, coaches' right, coaches right, ball. right, right, right. Uh, number 20, Wisconsin. What else? That's about it locally. Cincinnati at 22. And others receiving votes. The first team out is the Iowa Hawkeyes. So 26 for the Hawks. Uh, how far down do they go in this? Uh, oh, boy, there are... Well, let's see. I'd have to count it up here. Iowa State did receive three votes, though, mm-hmm. in the poll. 
I'd put them. Give me a moment here. One, two, three, four. Take your socks off. <laughs> uh, 10, 13, 14, riveting radio, 15, 16, <laughs> 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. So they're 45. 45. Smells like bowl eligibility to me. Six and six. Not enough Seven to... and five. Going over. You're going over with a win against? And somebody. Cyhawks going to be closer than I thought. I, I'm not saying they're going to win. The I was defenses. I mean, I was defense. I, it's really good. They're, they're better than last year. Yeah. I think. And look at how good they were last year. I think they're better. That, that sounds crazy, but I think they're better by an inch. And better from what they were a year ago? And my guy, Petrus? Well, look out. That's where Look out, Big Ten West. Speaking of the Cyhawk game, yes. our friends at Circa have said that they are working on that number, and hopefully hopefully this week. We can maybe twist well, that we'll arm a little bit to, while yeah, we're out in there. In yeah. person to strong arm a little yes. bit to get that bad boy out. And I uh, had a little bonus. I signed into my Circa account, my Nevada Circa account. I thought I'd cash everything out. I had an extra $100 in there. You? So I got $100. So you bet. signed up when you got out there, so you're betting yes. mobily when you're out. Because, yeah, if, whenever you fly anywhere, mm-hmm. your account doesn't work. Right. You have to re-sign up. So, yeah, for people that are heading out there w- with us this week, remember, that's what you have to do. Even if you have your Circus Sports Iowa, right. that will not Don't work. load it up thinking you're going right. to be able to you know, just bet off of it while you're there. Exactly. A little bit different circumstances when you go out to Nevada. And that's also why you have to get your proxy if you're signing mm-hmm. up for the contest while we're out there. All right, uh, Scott Dockerman will join us next. Speaking of Circa, Trent's play of the day still to come. Um, it's not a busy night in baseball. Seven baseball games overall, one in the WNBA. I'm already looking forward quickly to the golf tournament this week. Had a winning, profitable week again. It was so Did close, you really? though. M had the lead for a long stretch. Yeah. My other guy, Henley, he was right there. He finished in the top five. I. Did it was a profitable see, week. It could have been a big-time one. Did you see Sir Nick signing off yesterday? That was emotional, it wasn't really it? It really was. Yeah. really was. He was choked up big time. Oh, and his appreciation for Jim Nance, mm-hmm. who you and I aren't his biggest fans. No. Um, but, yeah, that was... I mean, look at the... What, what a life. What a career. What mm-hmm. a golfer. What an analyst. He's still got a lot in front of him. Going out to Montana and yep. going to live the good life. Indeed. All right, we'll take a time out. Scott Dockerman, he's living the good life. I think. Well, we'll find out next. Miller and Condon. Uh, It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market. But it is always a renter's market, especially when you hire Renner's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them. 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. For details.
Are you looking for a new dentist? Look no further than Fuller Associates Family Dentistry. They offer a relaxed, family-friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. Dr. Stephen Fuller would like to welcome Dr. Kelsey Edwards to the practice, the third generation of their family-owned and operated small business. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines, and a new location coming this summer in Altoona. Call and schedule an appointment at 515-266-3437, online Fuller. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for... Well, construction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that does real tangible things in your community. For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our hands and creating something from scratch and or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day's work and coming home and saying, yeah, I did that? Apply today, wolfconstruction.net, shin.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, 1130, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Price to get into a Cubs game this year is average $62. A Reds game, $39. The Field of Dreams game, nine hundred and sixty-seven bucks. Well, oh my gosh! Little sticker shock yeah, there. I'll huh? say Scott Dockerman joins the program. Doc Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Doc, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it sounds like uh, it's going to be an expensive ticket to see uh, the AAA Cubs yep. and the Reds this week. So uh, indeed, there are very few sequels. Maybe Die Hard Two was as good as uh, hard to say, but this one, I, I hope it comes close, Doc. I'm going to watch it like most will, but uh, we shall see. Hey, before we get into Iowa, uh, any news at all? Have you been able to glean anything? If anybody would, I would think it would be you as far as the Big Ten media uh, rights, as uh, which way the wind is blowing. Anything you can share with us, Doc? As far as I know at this point, they, everything is finalizing. Um, I am not 100% sure on what the night game is going to be, but everything is pointing towards it will either be NBC or ESPN on Saturday nights. It appears, and I'm, I'm not reporting this, so I don't really I, – I don't have it enough in stone, but obviously Fox has number one rights. CBS, it seems like, will have midday rights. Amazon Prime will have some rights. I'm not sure exactly what uh, night that will be. And then finally, uh, it, it appears at this point it's going to be between NBC and, and ESPN for the night games. But, again, I'm not reporting it, right. so don't take it as gospel, but that's the way everything seems to be leaning at this point. I'm just hearing cha-ching, 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 <laughs> cha-ching. This is money that has continued to just go up and up and up. And after it was, you know, approaching a billion dollars a year, and now – after the additions of USC and UCLA, 1.1, 1.2. There was a report last week from Front Row Sports and Michael McCarthy of $1.5 billion a year. I mean, it feels like funny money at this point, and, and when you're talking about this much money, but what does it mean? When you hear those kind of terms, what, what does it mean to you for Iowa athletics? 
means they could pay back that $50 million <laughs> a little bit sooner yeah, than what I'll they say. planned. Uh, that's true. <laughs> you know, so that's probably number one. But, no, I, I think that it it means what you can solidify and enhance what you got. And that's always been – that's an, it's always an issue for any team in the league not named Ohio State. And I think in Iowa's case, that's certainly part of it, that now that, uh, you know, they have moved up a lot of the salaries on their assistant coaches that – you know, when it comes to football and men's basketball is the other um, money maker. But, I mean, you really want to be good in those areas. So I think this just means that Iowa can try to figure out what's next on that scale. But it really has to start paying back some of the loans it took out during the COVID era. Uh, Doc, any guesstimate as far as timeline? Might this be a this week announcement? Maybe we get pushed closer to September as far as uh, what's going to shake out? Last I'd heard... Um, you know, and, and I haven't heard an updated timeline specifically yet. It was a couple of weeks and before Labor Day. So, but Labor Day is not that far away. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I can't give you if it's going to be Thursday this week or Tuesday the following week or two weeks after that. But I, I do think we're going to find out before Labor Day. Well, we got a whole host of kickoff times here. What, about a month, month and a half ago? Are we going to get anything more before the season, or is this what it is? You got the first three games of the year, Northwestern at 2 o'clock, Nebraska at 3 o'clock. Will we get anything else, or are we going to get into that 13- and 6-day window going forward? Um, you know, I mean, everything right now is officially uh, set, that that will be set, and everything else goes into the 12- or 6-day window. And usually the 6-day the window is, um, used in November when things get a little bit closer because you want to see how the results shake out. I mean, if you're, you know, a Fox or whatever, you're going to want to know, you know, okay, is is Ohio State, Michigan State really going to be the number one game or is it Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, something like that. I, I don't have the, the games in front of me right now. But the, the only one that I could probably give you a decent update on is, you know, Fox is going to carry Iowa, Michigan. It's just not been determined yet if that's going to be a big noon or a mid-afternoon game like Iowa-Penn State was, but it will not be a night game. That we know it's unfortunate. It'll be over well if indeed it was. Uh, Doc, just um, the uh, coaches' poll has come out. How much do you use the coaches' poll as a tool? I mean, during the regular season, you can't even pay attention because it's not the coaches' In most cases, that are that are even take the time in their busy day to fill it out. I mean, they're coaching for God's sakes; they can't watch all these games. Is is the first one that comes out? Maybe maybe you rely on it more than you do during the uh, during the regular season. No, I think the key word you use to that whole thing is tool, and that's what it is. It's it's a tool, and it's not meaning it's one that's useful. Uh, the, the coaches' poll is ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous, and it always will be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many times. It, there, there's so much. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think self-interest is used so often in this, and that to me, it, it, it is ridiculous. And uh, the coaches don't, uh, and they shouldn't pay attention. I mean, they should be worrying about their own game, maybe a couple of teams in their league, and that's it. And most of them hand off those responsibilities to their SID or um, their director of ops or probably an intern, you know, to, to right. do it anyway. So, so it really has no validity. I saw Iowa was 26th or whatever, and then then you had, um, you know, Iowa State got a few po- uh, votes late in the poll and stuff. And I, I so I really I look at it as it has zero value. Uh, the AP poll has more value 
but really, as we know, nothing has any kind of value until the CFP comes out, mm-hmm. you know, in, in late uh, October. Part two of your conversation with Brian Ferentz came out today. Uh, another deep dive into some X's and O's stuff, some philosophy of Brian Ferentz. And, and your takeaway from the second part, we talked about it when the first one came out, but what people maybe if they haven't read it yet, what they should be searching for as they go through the article. I think it's really interesting just the introspection that he deals with and how he puts these games together, um, the game plans, and then also just how the, um, you know, I would say the, the how complementary football figures into so much of the decision-making, even during a game. And, you know, granted, I, I noticed in most of the comments about it that, you know, people have a position on Brian Ferentz, and I'm not saying that they're wrong or anything. You know, they hate him, and they look for reasons to hate him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and the numbers last year verify some of that for people. But but what I've tried to do is not worry about that, is just to really kind of ask to explain some of these things. Because, you know, I mean, two years ago, they were second in the Big Ten in scoring. That's not by accident either. And so when I looked at the – I wanted him to examine the bowl games. You know, why did you run uh, a lot against Mississippi State when you couldn't run and you ran for minus 15 yards? Well, you just couldn't have them – playing pass defense the whole time because then all of a sudden, you know, they get sacks, they are three and out, and you're putting a lot of pressure on your defense, which actually did more or less win the game for him. And then you look at USC, and he had that game plan of, okay, we're going to have to be a little more aggressive because we're going to have to go score for score with these guys. And you look at their receivers and you realize why. Um, It didn't pan out that way because, you know, turnovers and Iowa's defense really took over. But then – you know, then some of the other issues, you know, with regard to the Kentucky game and Spencer Petrus's limitations were real. I didn't get into it that much because there were some areas he was a little concerned about bringing up, and I understand why. I mean, just because of health and everything. But, you know, that really pay, played a, a factor, especially late in, that, in the drive. And then finally, Purdue was a disaster on every level. There's no question. I mean, the defense could not stop David Bell. The offense couldn't do anything. And the kicky game even missed a chip shot field goal. So we, you know, I, I wanted to talk about that. You know, there's two decisions to have two sneaks, and then it leaked over into the Wisconsin decision to have two fullback dives back to back. So I, I thought it was really kind of a behind the curtains look, and people are going to interpret it the way they want to, and and how they, uh, you know, their their prejudices regarding Brian. But but I thought it was a really interesting look back at, at you know some of the situations involving Iowa football. You know, I'm glad you uh, brought up the comments. You reminded me that uh, when, when I read it, I mean, I got a chuckle out of, this is why defendants shouldn't testify on their own behalf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one did yeah. make me laugh. How much pressure on him, Doc? And does he realize it? Yes, he knows that there's a ton of pressure out there. Now, he does have a buffer that other people don't have, and everybody knows it, and that's his last name. Um, I think he recognizes that, but I don't think it's, it, you know, I don't think his pressure comes from being hired or fired. I think it, there is maybe you look at it the other side, the pressure is he loves his father and is, his father is his hero. There's no doubt about it. And to, um, he wants his father's legacy to shine. And so a lot of the responsibility for that is on him. And so when he makes things look bad for his father, he feels it more intensely than a normal offensive coordinator would. So I think there is some, uh, you know, he has a ton of pressure on him, and he feels it last year even more so than maybe ever before. 
but he does have a job, a high-paying job, and he has an offense that's one of the worst in the country last year. So now he has an opportunity to try to make things better. And um, how much better? I mean, the numbers are the numbers. And one of the things I looked up even this weekend was they had similar numbers, I think it was in 2006, uh, you know, as they were in like 2020. And one in 2006, they were like 22nd in total offense with like, uh, I don't know, 385 total yards. And, and two or three years ago, they were like 91st. So, I mean, the game has changed so much, but, but still that's, uh, He's got to, you know, some of the areas they've really got to make strides in very quickly. One thing uh, I listened to, Chad Leistico had a podcast of their conversation, and his cadence is so similar to Kirk. They're wired differently, right? They're, they're two different guys completely, just the way that they carry themselves. But the cadence, the way they kind of ask some questions at the end of a lot of their statements, I'm sure that you've picked up on that a lot talking to Brian. Boy, he is that when you hear somebody talk for that long, you can see how kind of the conversation leads that direction and they sound just so similar. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I'll tell you this though, you know, and having, you know, Kirk comes from a little bit different area, more, a little more tactful in a lot of the things. And, and I listen to Chad's podcast as well. And I'll say this, that, you know, his, his version was the PG, PG 13 version. <laughs> clearly are yes. <laughs> um, over six hours. And there was some stuff that just would not get out there because he was very, very candid. And, mm-hmm. and he also trusted me not to post some of this stuff too. But, but, uh, you know, yeah, his biggest influence in his life is his father and the way that they play football and, and, and how he coaches. It comes from, you know, his background with, you know, at Iowa football under his dad and, and what they've done the last 10 years. So, they, you know, there obviously some things are going to come out. And, and I would even say Brian is less like his dad than maybe his other two brothers. You know, Steve has got a job, I want to say, with the Miami Dolphins. And I, I think big things for him. I, I think he's going to be a very, very good coach at some point. Um, and then, you know, James is still playing. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, their mannerisms are probably more closely situated to Kirk. And, and Brian is a, you know, sounds like Kirk. But he's a little more like his his mom, hmm. I would say. Doc, when you uh, media day coming up Friday, you'll get a chance at the kids' practice to watch on Saturday. Clearly, more eyeballs will be on the uh, on Petrus at, at Padilla. Uh, but might the second, um, you know, bit most popular, I guess, talking point coming out of it be who looks better kicking the football? Uh, might might that be might that be a big conversation when we reconvene next Monday? It'll be part of it. I think it'll be something that's more noticeable than in the past. I don't know that I want to go too far in depth unless one of them's really bad or really good. You know, I, it's kicker still. <laughs> you know, there are other positions I'd rather write about and talk about. But, but it is very important because I think it could be the difference between, um, you know, winning two games versus losing two games. And we've, we've seen that in the last three years. They've had five games where they've kicked at least four field goals. They've won all five. If they don't have that, you know, then, then they don't. So, yeah, I think it's a very important part of it, and I think it's something that will get mentioned, whereas in the past, if it was mentioned, it would be very brief. But but I, it really comes down to quarterback. Everybody's going to watch it and scrutinize it probably more heavily than it has even in most years in the past. And um, a lot of people are going to look at it to validify uh, their position. You know, if, if Spencer Petras throws the ball high, see, I told you, he stinks. And then, <laughs> you know, if Alex Padilla completes a pass, then he's our guy. Hey, he's pretty good. And then, of course, if Joey Labus hits a long bomb, oh forget about it. Everybody's going to be ready for him. What would it take, short of an injury, 
for Spencer Petras not to trot out there for the first snap against the Jackrabbits. Mm. A great, great, great August by Alex Padilla. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that it's Spencer's job right now. I don't know. It's a competition, but you know they're all in competition. You know, nobody's beating out Jack Campbell, but he's competing every day with everybody, <laughs> Jay Higgins or what have you. But I think in this case, it's a matter of you know, is he making strides and is Alex Padilla making strides? And if they feel like Alex Padilla is, gives them the best chance to win, I think he'd be out there. But I, I do think, you know, they've put a lot of equity into Spencer Petras and they brought him back. They did spend some quality time in the transfer portal identifying guys and looking at guys. Just never pulled the trigger for one reason or another or couldn't get done. But they, you know, they're all in on Spencer. So I, I would say Spencer's got the, the best opportunity to do that. But as we know, with him and Brian Ferentz, that the level of scrutiny will be very intense this fall, and the the benefit of the doubt is gone for both of them. So, you know, again, third and six, he overthrows somebody, mm. um, get him out of there, and if it's intercepted, then there'll be boos out there, and that could be in the first quarter. Unbelievable. Scott Duckerman from The Athletic. Doc, great stuff as always. Thank you for the insight. Uh, you know, I know you're not reporting it, but certainly uh, something to watch as how this Big Ten media rights are going to shake out. Doc, we'll talk with you next Monday. Thank you, Scott Duckerman. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. You Thank do you. the same. Thank you, Doc. Uh, good stuff. Real quick, um, Price Sanford, you've seen him play. Yes. Um, what can you tell us? He's a little more bouncy than his brother, a little mm-hmm. more athletic and do a little bit more overall. Now, the team that Peyton played on was absolutely stacked, right? And mm-hmm. Price was a youngster on that team, but maybe a little more versatile, a little bit more. Peyton's just a shooter, right. for all intents and purposes. Yeah, he can rebound a little bit, but he's a shooter. Price, there's more elements to his game. So that's the way that I would kind of quantify it right now. can shoot it just like his brother, but maybe a little bit extra, if you will, for him. And that doesn't mean that Peyton's not going to be a great player because, no. well, you got almost all the stock. I do. <laughs> I got a couple of them back when they were penny stocks. Yeah. But you bought in a lot there. Price Sanford, though, he is going to be a fun one to watch. And the, what a family business continues. Uh-huh. I saw John Rostein uh, had a tweet yesterday about that. And then he has a T-shirt that goes along with it. That guy's hustling. Good for him. Yes. Uh, we'll come back. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors. It. It's next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Simplified. Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today. At Wolf Construction Meadows. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's Play of the Day momentarily. Keith has been very patient. Uh, Keith, uh, fire away. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks for getting me on. Hey, I couldn't resist. Uh, I know Scott Dockerman talking about the Purdue game last year and David Bell beat the Hawks. You know, David Bell is a 4.65 to 4.7 guy in the 40. He's not fast. He's not quick. He caught 93 balls last year. Charlie Jones caught 21 last year for the Hawks. I have a feeling Charlie says, I'll take the mind of Jeff Brom on offense over the mind of Brian Ferentz. So I I, I think Scott said defensive Brian Ferentz was nice, 
And I also know that whoever coordinator, whoever the coordinator is, you're under Kirk, whether it be Lane Kiffin or Steve Spurrier or <laughs> Brian Ferentz. Yep. But I just I was watching that Purdue game last year, and I saw two different offensive lines: Jeff Brahms mm-hmm. against Brian Ferentz's. And I'm ready. I'm bracing for more this year. That's all I got. Keith, thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Good stuff. That's fair. I mean, and very fair. Yep. David Bell is. You think he's a burner? He's not. He's not. He looked like a burner. Yeah, he did look like a burner. Boy. And as good as Phil Parker is, what is it about Brahms' offense that he can't figure out? Better this year. This is a big spot, this mm-hmm. team, because they got a chance to win the West. All right, Trent, your play of the day. So let me pick, before we get your play of the yeah. day, we've got some teams playing that had huge weekends, mm-hmm. right? Coming up big, big weekends. The Mets, they face lowly Cincinnati. Um, Hate the price. Is, is this, but do you, do you I take can't. Cincinnati because it's a letdown, maybe? Maybe you're getting, what, plus 265 some places? 275, I think, is out there. And Bassett, of the five Mets starters, mm-hmm. was probably my fifth favorite. Justin Dunn is getting the start. I don't know who Justin yeah, Dunn no is idea. for the Reds. So that's why that was not one okay. circled on my list here. Uh, I am going to, though, never bet against a streak, and this is a losing streak. The Yankees. Give me the Mariners. Mm-hmm. So you just get swept... In St. Louis. Now you got a long flight to Seattle. Mm-hmm. You come back, you're going up against a very good pitcher. Gilbert's also. a good player. Gilbert's been very yep. good for them this year. Talon's been good himself for the Yankees, but it's basically a coin flip. I can get minus 102 with the Mariners or minus 106, I think it is, on the Yankees. Never bet against streak. Give me Seattle in pick number one. Pick number two, your Blue Jays stole one. <laughs> okay. Boy, Friday night was bad. Oh, that was just, awful. Ba- we were texting I, back and forth. I know. I didn't see your t- I shut the TV off. It was just it was awful. Baseball. That was a rough night. Yep. I needed a couple other after that one. It's a win, but ooh, that uh, was bad so, you're, so you're backing Toronto? I'm not. I was going to say Kikuchi. It's Kikuchi. Pitching. Yeah. My, my guy that made me so much money back in 2021. Not been the case this year. We're going to continue to fade. Lyle's been pretty solid, too, for Baltimore. Plus 124. And Baltimore don't look don't look now. They're ahead of the Red Sox. Yes. Baltimore's in the wild card hunt. Baltimore. My hope is it's Baltimore, Minnesota. Oh, it'd be good for you. Yes. And you know what? If the Twins lose, at least it's to the yeah, Twins, right? Yeah, true. That's a little bit easier to swallow than another loss to the Yankees or the Astros or the Red Sox or whoever it may be. One final play. Blake Snell has not been solid this year. I'm going to fade him against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Another team on a losing streak in the mm-hmm. Padres, so we're going to play the streak. Plus 165 on the Giants tonight. Was surprised at the price there. So we got three plays. We're looking at golf. We're getting ready. And you are getting ready to get on a bird tomorrow, right? I am. Uh, Southwest leaves at 1040 tomorrow morning. Wow. Through Denver. Got my seat. Got my, um, a, a, I'm on the A check-in, so should be able to have my pick of seats. Away we shall go, but well, I'm going to miss my dog. You'll miss your dog. Don't drink all the beer before I get there, though, please. Well, I'll save you some. Okay, good. I'm gonna, we're going to have a few Stellas, that I know. Well, the good news is, by the time that I get there Thursday late afternoon and get checked in, it will be the evening, so you'll be allowed to have a beer. Bring me one over. I'll be sitting. We've got it. Uh, Mike Palm reserved a spot I, for us. You should have one waiting. Okay, for that's me. what it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Bring one over. <laughs> well, I don't want it to sit there too long. Well, you saw him sit there for a long time, and I still sucked him down, right? Uh, are we having dinner on Thursday? I think we could do that. All right. Well, Terrell, be with me, remember? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know Terrell was coming. Yes. Oh, I hope Cindy's not listening. <laughs> Oh, this is just trying to hide. This is business. Oh, this is, it's a business trip. I, right. I've also let her know 
And then we got business to do. The VEASAN studios, by the way, not available for you. Oh, you're kidding. That's all right. We'll be on the overhang. We'll be on the overhang, and it should be a fun one on Friday. Safe travels. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, Trent will be here for the rest of the week. We'll do our show live at Circa on Friday. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Saw Sean Roberts in the building. Good to see Sean Roberts. Rooting for him. We are out of time. A Murph and Andy coming up in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon. And you can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.